Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. I was so excited last night as I prayed for people to have refreshing and people to be filled with the Spirit. And most of the, and there were so many young people, and most of those young people that I was praying for, they, when I got to them, they weren't speaking in tongues. But I laid hands on them. They began to speak in tongues. The ones that already knew how to speak in tongues that just needed a refreshing, they were already speaking in tongues when I got there. And it was just a special anointing for them. But I was so thrilled at those young people. You see, I want to tell you something. We're living in a confused generation. They don't know what to believe. They've heard everything. They've seen everything. they got every modern convenience that there is. But they're still a longing, a searching on the inside of them. They have to have the lights and all of this. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not the power of God. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, Meant to Stir the World by Ken Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Ken Hagen's message. Why do we want to take speaking in tongues out of the church when that is what caused an atheist to become a Christian? In fact, the Bible says that tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. Does it not? In 1905, Parham went to Houston, Texas with a few people, and they had some services there. There was a young man by the name of William Seymour. He came, he received and in 1906, he traveled to Los Angeles, California to preach in a small holiness church. And he preached this Pentecostal message and the leader of the church rejected the doctrine, kicked him out of the building and locked him out. But he and a small group went down the street, hallelujah, rented a two-story building on Azusa Street in downtown Los Angeles and began services on April the 14th. The Estruza Street Mission held services daily for three years, from 1906 to 1909, and those service it, it was almost 24 hours a day. It was continuous, and there was miracles, and there was healings, and there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. People were coming. It's documented that even people were raised from the dead. While Parham and his students were the first one to receive it in the 20th century, it was the William Seymour and Azusa Street Revival that spread the Pentecostal message around the world. Missionaries and ministers and lay members from across the United States and around the world flocked to Los Angeles to receive the Holy Spirit and carry this message everywhere. The place was never closed nor empty. The people came to meet God. Friend, that's just a quick overview of Pentecost. From the up day 
of Pentecost in the upper room to this present hour. And I stand here tonight as a mouthpiece to speak as loudly as I know how if we are going to see a revival in the 21st century, it is up to us. A fellow that has my name that I was named after, Kenneth E. Hagen, I'm Kenneth W. You have heard him say it, many of you. And you that haven't, you hear me say it. If you've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. I came off a stage last night and somebody said, I, like, I had a double take. You turned sideways and said something and your mo action, you were just like him. I said, I ought to be. I got his genes. <laughs> but he said it time and time and time and time again. This Pentecostal message is just one generation from being lost. It has to be taught anew to every generation. I was so excited last night as I prayed for people to have refreshing and people to be filled with the Spirit. And most of the, and there were so many young people, and most of those young people that I was praying for, they, when I got to them, they weren't speaking in tongues. But I laid hands on them. They began to speak in tongues. The ones that already knew how to speak in tongues that just needed a refreshing, they were already speaking in tongues when I got there, and it was just a special anointing for them. But I was so thrilled at those young people. You see, I want to tell you something. We're living in a confused generation. They don't know what to believe. They've heard everything. They've seen everything. They got every modern convenience that there is. But there's still a longing, a searching on the inside of them. They have to have the lights and all of this. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's not the power of God. And we've come to the point in America where many of the Pentecostals are now debating whether speaking in tongues really has a place in the church. It's the truth. We have come to the place where many churches are saying, now on this service and this service and this service, we have no moving of the Spirit. It's not allowed. And they say, if, if you would like to talk to somebody about having a better life, there is a kiosk out in the foyer. And you can stop and talk to them about having a better life. Friend, the only way you're going to have a better life is to come 
and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I thank God for all the self-help programs that they are. And we have them in our church. And I talk to people all the time about helping their self. But that does not take the place of preaching on hell and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not popular to talk about hell now. It's not popular to talk about the blood. That's too gory. In fact, right here in my own church a few years ago, my daughter was my children's minister. She was writing the curriculum for the kids and she was using the stories, the Bible stories of David and Goliath and, and Daniel in the lion's den and the, the three Hebrew men in the fiery furnace. And she had people come to her and say, Oh, don't teach that to our kids. That's too gory. My Lord God, those Bible stories teach us about the faithfulness of God to deliver in the hour of need. When I was, I can't remember how old I was. Sis probably can't either. But daddy set us down. She's 19 months younger. Now, there's my sister right over there. Right there she is. Stand up, sis. Everybody can see you. So they put the camera on you. This is my sister. Pat Harrison. A great minister of the gospel herself. But she'll tell you, dad set us down. He had a, he had Herbert's World Bible Storybook. And he would read those stories to us. And we had to answer the questions at the end, too. No, he didn't set us down at three and four years old trying to read the Bible to us. No, he read those Bible stories. When we got older, up into the grades where you could begin to understand the Bible, yeah, we read from the Bible. But up until then, we read devotionals and we read Bible stories. Don't try to read the Bible to those three and four-year-olds. They don't understand it, but you can read them these beautiful Bible stories. You can talk to them and use devotionals that shows them and stories that show them how the blessings of God, the anointing of God, and talks about the things of God. Hello. But we got to the point today in churches, and I've been to some of them, and they've said to me, you, now, on this service, we don't want to have no prayer lines or nothing. Just preach. So I did. Then, you know, he's the pastor. He's in charge. Some of you traveling ministers need to realize that the pastor says do something, do it, or else leave. Because he's in charge of that flock. So I preached. Now the anointing was there. I could have had a line. I didn't give no call. No, they don't give calls. They, we had a few more services. Okay, tonight you can. I went out there. I tried to preach. You might as well have been throwing a tennis ball off of the back wall back there. As we say in down Texas where I come from, dead or in a hammer. <laughs> and somebody said, why? Because you're not going to tell God when he can move and when he can't move. 
And you know, hey, I don't mind having a coffee shop in the foyer. That's fine. You ain't going to bring it in here. In fact, I got plans for my foyer out there. It's great. Nothing wrong with it. But I want to tell you something. It's about time we realize we can use all of these modern techniques, but you got to keep the Pentecost in it. You got to keep the blood of Jesus in it. You got to keep hell in it. Hell's real. And if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's where you're going to wind up. I didn't say it. God did right here in the Holy Word. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, a Heart of Faith package. The book, Listen to Your Heart by Ken Hagan, and the single CD, The God Kind of Faith by Kenneth E. Hagan. These are being offered for a price of $15.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. 99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. We still want to remind you if you're in the Oklahoma City area, that we have Rama Bible Church, Oklahoma City, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. You say, well, why Sunday? Well, they started Saturday night services, so you could be off on Sunday. I said, why not enjoy the weekend and, and, and then have Sunday morning on Sunday night? And also, that gives me a chance to preach, in, or Craig, to preach in the Broken Air Campus, and then come over there, and it's alive. It's not video, it's, it's a live service. 8921 Northwest Expressway. Tomorrow, more from Ken Hagen on Meant to Stir the World. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.